I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 360 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have got an incredible guest to bring you guys for a Warrior Wednesday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Retired Army Ranger legend Matt Eversman joins me today. Matt was the focal character played by Josh Hartnett in the blockbuster movie Black Hawk Down, which of course is based on the true story of the Battle of Mogadishu. At the time of the Battle of Mogadishu, Matt was serving as a sergeant in the 3rd Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. For his actions during the battle, which lasted over 18 hours, he was awarded the Bronze Star Medal with Valor. Matt continued to serve way beyond the Battle of Mogadishu and eventually became the officer in charge of the 75th Ranger Regiment's pre-Ranger course, which helped train future leaders to pass that grueling Army Ranger school. Matt is now a motivational speaker on leadership. It is just a tremendous honor for me to have on the podcast. Matt is a hero and, of course, a first-class father. Matt Eversman will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Matt Eversman was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and the Army Ranger legend, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And Matt Eversman is the second hero from the Battle of Mogadishu to join me here on the podcast. So if you are a big fan of the movie Black Hawk Down like I am, you have got to flip it back to episode 243 and listen to my interview with Night Stalker pilot Mike Durant. Mike was flying the second Black Hawk helicopter that was shot down in Somalia that day back in 1993. He was captured and held hostage for 11 days before being released. And I got to be honest, guys, it still amazes me that I've had the opportunity to speak with these incredible men. It's one thing to interview the greatest sports legends of all time, but I cannot even begin to express how humbled I am to interview the heroes of our American military. If you look back through the archives of the show, you'll find my interviews with a whole bunch of Navy SEALs, Green Berets, four Medal of Honor recipients, and even a few Gold Star parents. I am forever grateful for their service, and I pray to God that I am living and will continue to live a life worthy of their sacrifice. So let's jump into it right now, and as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Army Ranger Matt Eversman. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode is being brought to you by Mellon. Mellon has designed a hat in collaboration with Navy SEAL Jeff Nichols and the Lone Survivor Foundation. This united hat is designed to bring us together as a nation, as a global community, and as neighbors. It is designed to inspire hope in one another and to work together towards positive outcomes. This united hat stands for getting things back on track and working together to get us there. United we stand. The Lone Survivor Foundation will be donating $10 for every Mellon United hat sold. The Lone Survivor Foundation provides a no-cost post-traumatic program to help U.S. service members, veterans, and their families recover from combat trauma. Visit Mellon or tap the link in today's show notes and rock your United Mellon hat today. United, we stand. Uh, Joining me now, First Class Father Matt Eversman. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Alex, thank you very much for having me today. This is awesome. Oh, yeah, big honor for me. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have and how old? Uh, I am blessed. Uh, my wife and I are blessed with uh, a 17-year-old daughter. Uh, we have one, and she is just 
spectacular as all of our children are. Um, and, and I think sometimes I, I forget that, you know, an only child isn't just a third adult. Like we talked to her about so many smart things in life. It's, it's quite amazing. But I, I digress to, uh, to that, that question, man. Uh, we, we have one beautiful 17-year-old daughter. Awesome. What type of sports or activities is she into? She is a six foot two volleyball player. She's a middle blocker, but I like to call her a middle assassin because she is just, <laughs> uh, you know, she she is just freaking danger on the uh, on the front line. But uh, we we love it. We love volleyball. Love watching her grow as an as an athlete. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're in the time right now. Unfortunately, that uh, you know. The COVID put the kibosh on uh, pretty much this entire club season, but you know we're 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 working our way through. Yeah, everybody's uh, uh, spring sports got destroyed because of the COVID. So, um, if you could, Matt, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so I I was a career soldier. I spent twenty years and a couple of months in the gun club and uh, retired in two thousand eight. Um, and I will say after a, an amazing career, and I say amazing because I, I loved the Army. I loved being a professional soldier. I loved the national mission. And then I came out and like a lot of soldiers, you know, try to find that new, what am I going to do when I grow up? Um, so I've, you know, t- you know, zigzagged a couple of times throughout, but, uh, in 2018, I started my own consulting firm and, uh, you know, we're in the business of helping, soldiers and college graduates and athletes make transition, um, you know, hopefully a little easier, a little faster and a little more efficient um, to ultimately get them in the right place for the right job where they're going to stay. Yeah. So one other thing of note is uh, I'm literally in the last couple of days of uh, final edits on a book that James Patterson and I are doing uh, about soldiers that's going to be released in um, January or February of 2021. So, yeah, well, that's incredible, Matt. I really look forward to that coming out. Um, and, and so yeah, I know you said your daughter's 17. So about how old then were you when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, so uh, 2022, I was um, 36, right? Yeah, I was 36. And... Um, Unbelievable change. And, you know, I feel like a broken record, particularly, you know, as we, we talk about other fathers and listen to other people on your show. But, you know, when Molly Eversman came to this world, you know, six weeks early, a breached baby, emergency C-section kind of thing, you know, it, just all the things that I had learned in combat and in the army about what a tough guy I was and, you know, how I thought that I was so strong, I realized I was absolutely just you know, weak and and just puny compared to this young world, this young girl that, that started out fighting from from day one. And, you know, Alec, like everybody, you, you you're the love you have for your child immediately. This this bond um, between father, daughter, uh, it's I dare say unbreakable. I mean, you know, you, you would immediately go lie down in traffic for this this beautiful, this beautiful human being that uh, you're, you're halfway responsible for. So anyway, it was a long winded answer, you know, sort of Dr. Phil like to your question, but uh, fatherhood is, is the most dramatic change. It's the most welcome change. It's, it's been, uh, you know, again, next to marriage, it has been just an unbelievable eye opening experience of, of uh, un, 
unbridled love, I guess, that uh, I would never have thought existed until I became a parent. Yeah, very well said, Matt. And so obviously then, you know, when uh, the Black Hawk Down incident happened, you weren't a dad yet. And then you continued to serve, um, you know, obviously throughout your career here. So what were like the, the major differences for you as far as serving in the Army before you became a father and then after you became a father and deployed? Yeah, man. Well, I tell you, you know, when we went to Mogadishu in 1993, um, not only was I not a father, I wasn't even married, you know, because I, I had I had sworn, um, you know, while I was on active duty that I'd never get married because I, I felt at the time that, um, you know, you could be a really good leader and a door kicker or you could be a really good husband and father, but it's really hard to do on both. Um, so going to Mogadishu, sort of selfishly, like I only had to worry about me, you know, I, I mean, I really wasn't, although my parents, um, you know, and my brothers and sisters uh, were there, but it was really my focus was 100 uh, percent, you know, on the mission. And that sounds a little cliche, but, you know, I didn't have any other influences. You know, fast forward to 2006 when we deploy. Now I'm married with a, you know, three year old going on four year old daughter and. Man, it, it really, really, really was hard for me. I would only speak for me for no other no other soldier. Um, I was more, I, I can honestly say, Alec, I was more sad about missing my wife and daughter than I was fearful of the enemy. And, you know, if you remember 2006-07, you know, this during the surge, that was a pretty nasty time uh, over in Iraq. But that 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 pain of being separated and what turns out to be 15 months was um oh it, 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 it was horrible you know and i was i'm a first sergeant now i can't even imagine what you know some of the younger soldiers went through but uh, you know my my answer really is that succinct back to this love portion you know i just the the the, the horror um and the pain of missing them um was was greater than anything i ever could have imagined and i think it became this idea of being able to focus back on the mission that kind of pulled me back from from missing them so much if that makes sense i don't know it was uh it, it was a horrible time and I'm, I'm very selfishly i'm glad i only had to do you know one deployment as a uh, as a dad before i retired yeah, I can't even imagine, um, you, you know, Matt, what, what that's like to be away 15 months from your family like that. And it's one of the one of the many reasons why I do have so much respect for what you guys do in the military, uh, the men and women that serve, because it's it's it's, it's almost impossible for you to imagine. I have four kids myself, and uh, it sucks when I got to be away, uh, you know, more than 48 hours at my job. I, you know, it's incomprehensible to be away that period of time. Plus. Uh, you know, it, it, without you guys, we wouldn't really stand a chance in this world. So we need you. And uh, it, it's just incredible what you guys go through. And I know that now the technology has made it a little bit simpler. So at least or a little bit um, you know, better where you can still communicate at a better rate, FaceTime and stuff like that. So um, I, I know that's made it a little bit simpler here. Um, what have uh, what would you say are some of the top values that were important to you to instill in your daughter growing up? Yeah, boy, that's a great, great question that there, there's probably not enough time in the day to go through because, you know, prioritizing. But I, I think um, there's a couple of things that, that Tori, my wife and I have, have both tried to uh, instill in Molly all the way around. And, and I think the first one has been um, civility. You know, this idea that we we have to 
we have to respect one another. Um, those that we disagree with, those that we might even not care for, those that we don't even like. But we've got we've to understand that we as leaders, and we're teaching her, of course, to be a leader, is, you know, civility is, is absolutely vital for, you know, for success in anything. So uh, I think that value is important. I think, you know, loyalty is another one, you know, how to be a good teammate. And again, with an only child, Alec, um, you know, we, as I was sort of babbling through before, you know, we forget sometimes that she is an only child. So learning, um, you know, some of the things that other kids that have siblings naturally will come upon by how to share and how to kind of settle your own differences. Um, you know, we've got to do those with Molly too. And so, you know, teaching her to be civil and compassionate, you know, loyalty and uh, trustworthiness. And, and I think the, the, the last one that we talk about quite a bit is courage you know, um, physical and moral courage, which, you know, I love my mom and dad and my parents, you know, my siblings, but nobody ever really sat down and talked to me about, hey, what does it mean to you to be courageous? And um, I'm hopeful, like we all are as dads, that 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 it's sticking. And uh, I'd like to say I've seen it in action already, but, you know, time will tell when we get in a crisis. But, uh, um yeah, I think civility and courage are the probably the two biggest ones. Yeah, very well said, Matt. And I know it's, it's two big ones that we need right now, just in our country uh, as a whole. I mean, we really do need it. And um, what would you say then? Uh, what was your has your daughter seen the movie Black Hawk Down? Did she have her? Uh, did you sit down and watch that with her? What was her reaction to uh, seeing that and seeing what you went through? Yeah, literally, we we watched it. Uh, so she she just turned seventeen in April. So we watched it just before she turned 16 um and we had made that decision we you know didn't want her to to, to watch it because it was clearly pretty violent um and having her dad as a character all the obvious things so we watched it uh, together uh, that was the, that was the deal it's like if when, when it's time to watch it we'll all watch it together and um as you might imagine she was quite uh, quite moved uh, a lot of tears a lot of a lot of big hugs um, you know, hard to explain to a 16 year old, let alone to some 36 year olds, you know, how this, this, you know, not only the foreign policy aspect of it, but down to what soldiers are doing on the ground and kind of the reality of combat. And I think that that was something that, that she just couldn't comprehend that her father had been through something like that, let alone any other soldier. But, uh, uh, I tell you, I, I, I can honestly say, though, you can see, you know, as a father, when your child is is moved by something and, and that movie did have an impact on her and her discussions about, um, you know, service to the country and the military um, sort of, blo- you know, sort of blossomed from that without any any conversation from her dad or her mom. Um, so I think that's good, you know, that it, it got her thinking uh, in a bigger picture about what young people need to do. And by no means is this like, hey, Molly's going to go, you know, join the army. But she's very interested in the foreign service and she's very interested in international affairs. And she's very, you know, intelligence work. So, you know, who knows? But I, I think that that movie did have a, uh, a pretty, you know, impact. Well, she said she'd never watch it again, which I understand, too. My wife said the same thing. Um, but it was, uh, and I can't, I have to be candid too. It's, it's such a, um, surreal position to be in. Um, 
Alec, and you know, you don't know me, none of your listeners know me personally, but you know, to to say, hey, man, you know, what's it like watching a movie where you're a character in it, and uh, you're watching it with your daughter for the first time? I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, like that you could the conversation much better with a lot of alcohol, I think, to explain. But uh, uh, overall, I think it was good for both of us. Yeah, and Matt, the, the movie was very impactful for so many people. I'm sure it's responsible for a lot of people who ended up joining the military as a result of that. I know I've spoken to several uh, service members that that movie did make a big impact on their life. And uh, it, it's hard not to it's hard to watch that movie and not get emotional uh, about it. Just the heroism that was involved uh, from so many of the guys. And and one of the um, and plus I, I've I've had the honor of having Mike Durant from the mission on the show here. I've read the book, obviously seen the movie, so it's it's. It's been a big part of my life and, you know, one of the best movies I've ever seen. So I, I really, um, you know, it's an honor for me to have you here today. And thank you for your service. I don't think I've been able to say that yet. Um, and what about one of the things I like to ask, especially you military dads here now, uh, is Army Rangers, tough guys, a lot of discipline. What type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a father? And is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? All right, dads, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Manscaped. Manscaped has precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Let's face it, guys, we're all waiting for those barbershops to open up again because our hair has grown out of control during the COVID lockdown. But with Manscaped's third-generation lawnmower, you don't have to wait to shave that unwanted hair below the belt. And let's be honest, guys, when it comes to the bedroom, no woman wants to walk in and find that love muscle buried in the bushes. Get a smooth shave under your shorts with Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the waterproof cordless lawnmower 3.0. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code FATHER at manscaped.com. Visit manscaped.com or tap the link in the show notes. Use the code FATHER and save 20% off. And enjoy all that extra attention she'll give you when she finds that bald eagle. And what about one of the things I like to ask, especially you military dads here now, uh, is Army Rangers, tough guys, a lot of discipline. What type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a father? And is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Yeah, man. Now that that's uh, that's a, another fantastic question because I would suspect that everybody, you know, um, wrestles with that. And, you know, first of all, you know, none of us. I, I certainly, you know, never wanted to even come close to sort of the. You know, we always use the great Santini as the, uh, you know, as the, the doggone barometer. You know, that level. It's like, man, you know, let's let's not be that guy. And so we. It just be complete, you know, hedonism, so to speak. And I can see how both of those, you know, happen after uh, 20 years of, you know, strict attention to detail and, you know, the regimented lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've really and I have to, you know, include my wife because it's a team effort here, uh, you know, on the discipline with with Molly. And, and it's a lot of a lot of thought before you know, we got into that stage where we really had to sort of maybe clamp down. And, you know, our whole idea was, you know what, let's, let's, let's never forget that we're parents and we have the obligation and the duty to keep her safe from whatever perils are out there, literally and figuratively. Um, second of all, let's always be encouraging. Um, and again, this idea, not that everybody gets a, a trophy kind of encouragement, but you know, you can shoot for the moon in everything you do. And, 
And so as opposed to my mom and dad, who were, whom I love, I, in a preface, I love and adore my parents, who were, you know, far quick to, quicker to say no, just because than to say yes. Um, we've tried to strike that balance, you know, in between. Um, but definitely, if I, 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 I have to confess, I'm probably a little more of a pushover um, than, than Tori is with Molly, but she's a good kid, so she doesn't push it too much. Um, but the answer, the, you know, I guess the, the heart of the question is, you know, we realize, man, you, you can't be in this day and age completely empirical about everything. You know, there are some hardline safety kind of constraints you got to put in. There's some encouragement, constant encouragement. Um, go skin your knee, go out and skin it again. And, you know, let's let's develop you to be a little tougher. tougher. But, you know, from a disciplinarian perspective, Alec, I, I can, you know, knock on wood, uh, say, you know, we've really never had to, um, you know, we've been very blessed that Molly has um, been a good student, um, good teammate, um, always uh, maybe it's a function of encouragement is always sort of looking to do the right thing. And I'm not saying that she doesn't get into mischief, but, um, you know, it's it's really we've just sort of taken it a day at a time and. I share this with you, which I think sums it all up. Um, when when Molly was born, like I said, six weeks early up in Baltimore, and her doctor was at Johns Hopkins, her pediatrician, and uh, I'll never forget, you know, it's new parents were like, holy mackerel. I mean, she's six six weeks early. She's so small. She's so frail, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the pediatrician said, he's like, listen, man, at the end of the day, you know, you can't hug her enough. And he said it just very matter-of-factly, and I'm like, man, brilliant, you know, absolutely brilliant. No matter what you do, you hug your child. Hug your child. You can never hug them enough, and uh, we're clearly big huggers in the Eversman family. So I find it that hugging's better, you know, better, um, you know, sense of discipline and, and everything than making her do push-ups. So uh, that's my the answer I'm giving you today. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, Matt. And one of the things, listen, one of the things that makes me cringe, my youngest, I have three boys and a girl. My girl is my youngest. She's my baby. So it makes me cringe to think of her in these teenage years and everything that comes along with that. Have Has your daughter hit the dating scene and how have you handled that so far? Yeah, no, I scare them away. I just scare <laughs> those boys away. I, I, I totally Totally do. I mean, I know what those knuckleheads are up to. Um, interesting, though, n- not so much. Now, I will say this this last clearly 2020 um, junior year, really this this lockdown put the squash on, you know, an awful lot of events that teenagers should be doing. You know what I mean? Like, and dating being one of them, the prom, you know, these what, what 16 and 17 year olds should be doing. Um, so we're, we're actually really um, being very supportive of her and her friends, um, you know, to, to sort of make up for lost time. Um, I think we're, we're in the, the little bits of partying out there, which, uh, again, as long as everybody's being safe and we're not getting into to the nuance as much as we haven't had a lot of dating, um, which I'm quite happy with, but, uh, I know it's, it's coming. Like I said, I mean, she's a six, two beauty, uh, you know, these, I think these boys are just, uh, actually, um, more afraid of her than they are me because she's tall. She's an athlete and, and being very, very proud father. I mean, she's got just about a 4.0 GPA. I mean, she's, 
she, you know, I was still 17 and playing the mud parts and, you know, she's talking about philosophy and macroeconomic theory <laughs> and things that are like still way over my head. So I think she's, uh, she's, she's waiting to find her match. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I can imagine you having that uh, Black Hawk Down movie playing in the background when they show up to put the corsage on her there, like, you know? Exactly, you know, clean my gun and that kind of stuff, <laughs> and, you know, show my boxing gloves, and, you know, it, it's all good, uh, it's all good stuff, but, you know, I don't know, boys are knuckleheads too down here, I don't know, you know, we're in South Florida, and um, I think some of these boys are uh, um, a little, a little, a little slow on the draw too. I think they expect girls to to sort of pursue them. Um, just my observation. Uh, Tori might have a different thing, but I'm like, Molly, you, you don't got to, you don't got to pursue any boy. You know, if you got to pursue that guy, he's a knucklehead and he's not worth your time. So if the, the boys that are out there listening, you know, tell your sons, look her in the eye, shake her father's hand, and uh, don't be afraid to ask her out. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, I have three boys myself. So it's like, and, and you know, just going back to what you were saying there with like almost uh, the culture of almost everybody gets a trophy. It's like, it's it, it, one of the harder things for me, like my oldest is only 14, but it's like, I know ahead of them, there are going to be these sort of failures in their life, these heartbreaks that are coming. Yeah. And, and those are the things that are really going to shape their character moving forward. So it's trying to kind of prepare them for the failures that are coming that are going to be important for them to grow in life. And I think we, we, we as a society, I think we've kind of, uh, done a disservice by making it where everybody makes the team and everybody does get the trophy. And I think we kind of take that away from them at an early age so they don't, don't develop those skills that are necessary to confront those failure, failures in life later on. Absolutely. No, I, I could not agree with you more. I mean, not that we got to turn them into little masochists, but um, they do have to experience that. And and it's, 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 it's so hard, uh, at least for me, it is so hard when you see them in such agony from, you know, whether it's on the athletic field for us in particular, when, you know, the, the games you don't get to play or, you know, the seasons, that just all these things. And you're like, wow, man, you just want to go and hug them and, and, and really tell them everything's going to be all right. And the best you can do is just say, you know, Molly, let, let, let's, let's get them next time. You know, let's, let's keep, keep driving on. Cause it's, it's your, your, you're going to be better for a lot of the, these things that as an adult, we can totally experience. But I, I do think it's good. Like there is, um, there, it, it, it no doubt makes these kids stronger. And, and I think, you know, just if I could just add one more piece to that, Alec, too, you know, I think a lot of times, um, we, you know, we as a society were, or, or almost we say it without thinking like, Oh, you know, that builds character. Like that builds character, like that builds character, whatever that is. And I'm like, you know, I'm not so sure that constant negativity builds character. I think a lot of times constant negative t- negativity tells us what negativity is. And we're like, you know, I, I almost get numb to it. But this idea, though, of when to, you know, when to give them the pep talk and when to sort of just say, hey, you do just got to suck it up. So what? There's kids starving you know, and fill in the blank, you, you know, life's not that bad for you, you know, and, and I'm not sure I've got that. I know where that, 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 that demarcation line is of where, you know, kind of where to go in for the hug and where to kind of turn my, my back for a little bit, so to speak. But uh, I think as long as his parents were trying that, um, the kids do start to understand, as you said, that uh, you ain't going to get a trophy all the time. And you know what, sometimes life's really, really, really doggone unfair. 
and that's just it. You you yeah. you just got to scratch your head and smile. Yeah, that that balance is difficult for for myself as well, and for my wife. And even when we were talking about how you know the, the going through discipline. My wife's got a different style of discipline than I do, and I think it's helpful to have both balances. And that's why I talk about on my show a lot. We got a we got a really bad fatherless crisis going on, and when you don't have a father figure in the home, it's it's leading to devastating results. And I think we're seeing that play out in our society because it, w- without that, um, it, w- w- and like you say, it's tough to pick and choose. But when there's nobody there to do either one, man, that leaves such a void in so many people's life. Absolutely. Listen, you know, in, in, in any this is not rocket science. Uh, you know, a comment, but I, I think any of the service members that are listening or have been on your show might, and I hate to say blanket statements, but I think they would say, you know, they've seen plenty of kids from broken homes that came into the military and the military as an institution became that, that surrogate parent, you know, a 17, 18 year old kid that's, you know, never had the tough love, never had the discipline, never had the support all of a sudden comes into the army and they thrive, you know, they thrive because of the first time in their life, they've really, they've had the, the, the parameters set and enforced. And I, I, that's just my two cents. I mean, the, the, the opportunity for somebody, a parent figure, particularly a father, um, which we automatically think discipline, but really to, to be, to be that rock. And that's by no means a backhanded compliment to, single moms by any stretch of the imagination. But to your point, Alec, you know, it is doggone, um, you know, we are at a crisis. We just are. And, you know, whatever, whether it's uh, philosophical or psychological or theological, you know, lens that we're looking at, um, you know, these young kids need need both parents. They, they really, really do. And, uh, you know, the deadbeats out there, there's a special part of hell for you. And, uh, you know, you're going to roast. And that's just my two cents. But anyway, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've had I've had so many Navy SEALs on the show here. And it's like so uh, quite a few of them have come from that with, without having a father figure in their life. And they found it through the military. You can only wonder uh, what would have happened to those type of guys had they found that father figure in the street and in the gangs and in the stuff like this. I mean, God only knows uh, we know what they're capable of. So it's like in the military, like you said, it does provide that sort of fatherish figure for so many men and women. Uh, out there. And it's good to find that outlet rather than, like I said, find it in the street. So uh, what, what's next for you here now, Matt? Obviously, a military career is in the books here. you got the consulting going on. What, what's next for you? What are the goals and plans you have for the future? Yeah. So, well, thanks for asking. So, like I said, I just finished this book with Jim and uh, um, probably sometime this fall, we'll uh, kick off another one. Um, that that you know, We had a good time doing this and go to kick around some ideas to do a second book. Um Done some. Uh, I'm trying to build some online uh, leadership and team-oriented uh, curriculum that uh, you know, and not in lieu of of doing things face to face, but um, you know, through this consulting business, what I found was that you know, it, 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 not only can you not scale a one-man show, um, but even prior to COVID, it's like you know, people. You know, adults that are doing any kind of professional development um, need to have the ability to do it online at their convenience. So, you know, we're hoping I had hoped to have this done in sometime in 2020, but it's probably going to be more like 2021. But um, the short answer is, man, you know, I, I'm always one lesson I learned out here um, and it was a hard one. But once I learned it, uh, it was really great was, 
you know, just keep your eyes open and it's okay if you have a curvy road instead of a straight one. And so when opportunities present itself, I, I'm, I'm the first to say yes. So I, I love, uh, sort of being a nomad and, um, you know, man, we, we've been talking about maybe doing a documentary. Um, you know, there's just, I, I'm saying yes to a lot of things. So it's all, all good, man. But, uh, number one thing I always love though, is, is being a, a husband and a father. Yeah, good stuff, man. We, we definitely need your voice right now. We need your leadership, need the leadership skills. So I think it's important what you're bringing uh, to the table here. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Yeah, so I, I, I would totally, first of all, plagiarize what uh, Molly's pediatrician said, and that is, you know, you can't hug your child enough. And the second thing I would tell you, uh, new dads or soon-to-be dads is, um, don't worry, you know, whatever you're experiencing, you're not the first one going through it. And these, these magnificent, uh, these magnificent creatures that God has given us are, are stronger than you think. And, um, you know, if you, if you ever have a question, don't be afraid to ask somebody that's been down that road before. Cause I'm telling you, um, you're, you're not alone. And, um, it is uh, kind of welcome to this brotherhood because it's a great club to be a member of. Yeah, very well said, Matt. This has been a big honor for me. I got to say, Matt Eversman, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, my man. Thank you, Alex. Have a great day. And thanks for all you're doing. And, uh, you know, keep promoting this, this message because it's an important one. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Matt Eversman for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Keep it locked in. Still got some more action coming your way. Tomorrow on the podcast, music industry manager Philip Payne joins me. And Friday, we have the star of SWAT actor Kenny Johnson joins me to close out the week. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all of the upcoming guest announcements. I got a lot of bangers to announce soon, so lock it into my Instagram account. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Feeling